Hi, this is Chats Over Coffee with my yoga teacher, a podcast where a comedian and a yoga teacher have a right laugh together, and hopefully you do too. Um, tried that in the style of a radio DJ sort of thing there, didn't I? But um, I'm not sure I like it, but I'm not re-recording that. This time we're talking about uh, stress in this episode, so it might be a very useful episode actually, and uh, I hope it is. So, uh, should we get on with it? Because sometimes these bits go on forever and, uh, and no one wins when that happens. So, here's the show. You right? Yes. I was going to be very rude to start off with. I was, uh, I couldn't do it, but... What were you going to do? I was going to say, it's, uh, I was going to say, oh, how's it going then, bubble butt? <laughs> yeah how's your, how's your bubble butt bubble butt but, uh, didn't, yeah, yeah but then you tried to make the words come out of the mouth and it just went Meh. yeah i thought oh god can i do that to you and i thought well you get flashbacks from school or, or not school just kids you know kids but, Is it AstraZeneca? You I had? did, yeah. But yeah, that one's supposed to be one of the like you'd get. Yeah, least... that's just the Brexit thing. Is that what no, that's say? it. That's the Brexit jab in it. That's why people don't like AstraZeneca because they go, "Oh, it's it's the, it's the Brexit one." That's true. That's, that's why there's there's stigma about it. All in all likelihood, as you'd like to get a side effect from one or the other, apart from the very rare blood clot thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Have you? When's your second jab? Have you had it yet? Yes, I had it. Nearly two weeks ago, less than less than two oh, weeks. Oh, that now. came quick, didn't it? Oh, that's, uh, yeah. I remember you going off for the first one, like it was yesterday. So are you, you are you home free now to do what you want, or are you, are you still? Well, it's not been ten- two weeks yet. Uh, okay, so. right. So you haven't gone around licking strangers' faces and all that stuff yet. <laughs> so. Oh, I was just telling you quickly this on Saturday. Mm. The MC ten minutes before the show on Saturday had a, an argument with someone. I don't quite know what happened, but he just stood up and went, I'm off, and just left. So he just <laughs> didn't have an MC on Saturday. So what did you do? Well, the middle act introduced me, who was going on first, and then I had to introduce the middle act. But it was extremely confusing for the audience that were not expecting that. So because mm. they were like, oh, this guy's a host. And then I'm like, then... I come on and it's a different host in the second section and they're like, well, we've seen mm. him, so what's this about? And then... Yeah. So it's a bit confusing. I think we got away with it. I mean, I was certainly, certainly fine during my spot, although there were some yeah. di- there were some dickheads there, but there was just no... Put the stag party right at the front so that they... Have, so that they're right there, so that they, like, talk to you like and think it's about them, obviously, so it's just yeah. like... They get a taste for it and they're just like, you know... Mm. Yeah, should yeah. you've got to stick them? No, you've got to stick them right in the corner, right? So yeah. they just don't think any, it's anything to do. Like you go, oh, is anyone yeah. celebrating anything? And they go, yes, it's a stag. I go, oh, well done, mate. I bet your wife's shagging some bloke tonight. Ha ha ha! <laughs> and then, and then, you know, round of applause for the stag. And then that's it. Don't talk to them again, right? Yeah. Don't have them yeah. right in front of me so that they're like, you know, because then they think it's the show for them. It's funny though because like it's like it must be a personality thing because like I would never go to a show and try to sit at the front unless it was like I don't know a play a non-interactive <laughs> show <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean like I do not want to be at the front I don't want anyone to think like oh let's talk about her no 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 don't look at me 
<laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm here is, to watch you. <laughs> if you're not at the front, you wouldn't be able to yeah. see, would you, though? Cause, yeah. <laughs> ha ha. Uh, well, if we're all sat down, it should be fine. <laughs> I'll bring a phone book and sit up on something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about stress and then... Or... Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so you... you um. You did a stress workshop on Monday, which I didn't go to because apparently I'm not going to things anymore. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm very busy, very busy man. So, mm, yeah, I am busy. Good. I had a gig on Monday and Sunday and, yeah, all weekend. And, mm. and I'm going to London on Friday. So maybe a stress a stress workshop would probably be ideal in some respects. Yeah, but I read a book recently which um i mentioned before it's it's um called behave as a bio neurologist or biologist of some sort and mm-hmm. he said in it like he's talking about how you know human behaviors work and so he explains how the body works and, and how neurons work and and mm. how neurons interact with hormones and blah 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 blah, blah all that stuff mm. and um he basically at one point said that stress was one of the worst things that you can really do to your body because it just disrupts the whole functioning of yes. everything. So I presume you know more about that. Well, I won't know more than him. Well, no, no, not more than him. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't get him on this. So oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. You'll it was have to a good. It was a really me. good book, you know. But one yeah. thing that really irritated me about it is that he made a joke on every single page, and so Uh-oh. like, so he'd make, but it wouldn't be like. Like in the narr- in the mm. in the prose or whatever you call it, not on the page. It'd always be an asterisk somewhere on every page, and at the bottom, he'd make a little aside about like <laughs> every page. And I was, I mean, it just interrupts the rhythm of how you read something because if you keep having yeah. to like, oh, now I'm going to the bottom of the page to see his stupid mm. little qu- quirky little comment, then I have to go back up again. It just it really disrupts. Like it's a bit of an odd way of writing, isn't it? Normally, people sometimes put put little quirky bits in brackets or something you know like when you say oh you know you you, you know being flexible with your timings as a yoga teacher haha <laughs> pun intended you know or something like that you know those kind of little things yeah that's well, what i'd do if i was editing mm-hmm. it but i just think he couldn't help himself like sometimes he was very funny but he just couldn't help himself <laughs> oh, dear. anyways it was a good book but now well, i probably can't recommend it because now he knows i'm snagging him off a bit so. <laughs> I learned a lot from it, but I also was like, yeah. oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> maybe it stands out so much to you because you're in the comedy world, but like someone maybe who isn't bothered about it or doesn't know much about it might just like be like, yeah. Yeah, okay. they just probably thought it was you colourful know. maybe or something yeah, else. But yeah, I just exactly. I just saw it as a character flaw because I know enough yeah. people that are comedians that have the character flaw of having to make jokes all the time and mm. have people like, you know, well, most of them basically. So apart from me, <laughs> apart from me, of course. Apart from you who are God perfect. Is, got his head screwed <laughs> on me. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, but what I was going to say is, is like you were saying, it's probably one of the worst things you can do for your body. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I suppose we should start from the beginning. So there's, there's two ways we tend to use stress in the English language. One is you can put, put your body under stress by like literally running or something. So like your, your heart rate is going, you're moving really fast, doing something that's like cardio kind of style and you're putting stress onto your body or you stress the muscles by making them burn or something like that. That's like a very physical term that you use in the fitness industry i think 
maybe a bit for doctors if you're trying to do tests and stuff, but like for the most part, that's like that. Stress as we see it, see it on a normal, regular day-to-day basis is more like when you're worried, anxious, scared, even, you know, those kind of like stresses. And, and they stem from your sympathetic nervous system, which we colloquially call your, your um, fight or flight response. So traditionally, if you were to walk down in, in your living room, there was a lion and you're like, oh shit, there's a lion in my living room. You get like, <laughs> I told him not to leave the door open again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get flooded with like loads of like uh, adrenaline and other, other hormones. I think it's it like cortisol or, or, or anyway. No, not cortisol. That one's a rest one. But anyway, so <laughs> you get flooded with really, really strong hormones that, that turn your brain on, basically. And they basically make it so that all of the other functions are now secondary to surviving the next 10 minutes with this lion in your living room. Like, it is that important that that is the only thing that matters. Which is why, like, if you have a really strong reaction to something, like, maybe you see on TV or movies when someone comes across a a dead body or something horrendous and then they vomit. And because that is your body saying, like, we don't want to process food right now. We need to focus on survival. So uh, a reaction to really engaging your fight or flight response could be to vomit because that you don't want to be processing food. You don't want to be putting any energy into anything else. So, like, it's really intense. It can be a really intense reaction in some situations like that. So, basically, I've got it written here. The body shuts down systems that aren't needed for immediate survival. That is it. If you don't need it in the next 10 minutes, nothing's happening with it, which obviously is really quite dangerous because you need most of You need your stomach. <laughs> you need your organs to be working properly. So traditionally and i say traditionally but maybe that's not the right word anciently <laughs> originally <laughs> um if we if we we would have those kind of situations you would come across something life or death next 10 minutes sort it out you run you fight you die that's it that's your options there's no other options so the adrenaline oh, and I the fight, other obviously the... No, obviously, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. but like it's you know the chemicals lion, isn't it? It was, uh... <laughs> oh, i can wrestle yeah. a lion <laughs> it's nothing yeah. Have they ever played junglers on a Friday, Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> so those those things, that's what that's what you're wanting. That's you know, you sort out in the next in the next few short period of time, the the situation is done. And and that's it. And then you can go and you let it go. There's nothing there's nothing scaring you, there's nothing there that slowly starts to ebb away as your body clears those chemicals. It's important to realize your body has different ways of clearing those chemicals out. So yeah, obviously some can go through like your, your liver and your kidneys and out through your urine, but also through your other ducts. So sweating and crying releases the same chemicals. So if you don't cry when you feel like crying, it will you the, the chemical's still there. So it has to go somewhere. So if you don't cry it out, your body has to take it back in and send it all the way to like your liver and process it that way. So there's nothing really wrong with crying if you feel emotional. It's a good way to release those hormones and let them go. Assuming again it's, you know, 
you feel okay after you cried a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a way of releasing. That's the... interesting because you know there's such because there's like obviously especially stiff upper lip sort of sort of attitudes of like not crying and like, mm. yeah, that's interesting that suppressing that. So absolutely, and the other thing about specifically around crying is when you hold on to if you hold yourself back from crying, which is fine. It's not the end of the world if you don't want to cry, especially if you're out in public or on a on a bus or I mean there are situations in life when we're going to hold it in because we don't want to make a spectacle or something and and I mean yeah I mean if you want to cry on a bus go for it I don't judge but if you don't that's fine too you might get a seat next year <laughs> if you do <laughs> I know right yeah, that's the best. but I mean like you know I'm not there to judge individual circumstances but like if you do hold on to the tears and you don't cry there's also a chance that your body will store that chemical rather than put it through processing to release it. So it'll go into the deep tissues in the muscles and be stored like, like chemically. It'll just be there. So there is a theory or talk in the yoga community that when you stretch your hips and when you have a hip class and you go to a yin class and you're doing all these deep stretches that people cry and they have no idea why they're crying and they're like why am i crying and you know there's like tears running down their face or whatever and they're not like bawling they're not like <laughs> you know they're just there's just their face is just they're crying the tears are coming and there's an idea that that is because you have released that chemical from deep inside a muscle by literally stretching and pulling and opening it so they say like don't worry about it it's okay <laughs> i mean obviously sometimes when we relax we we can remember events or things that trigger an emotional response but assuming it's not from something like that then it could be more chemical related where like you've actually gotten to a spot where you've stored a little bit of those tears or something and now they're coming <laughs> no, is that is that so. actually is that just theory or is that like um it, you do store uh, it does a lot happen of... though in hip class yeah. you've seen oh it yeah it does happen okay. yeah 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 it does happen yeah and you definitely store chemicals in your muscles but I would say that the ones that I've researched myself was quite clearly saying that you store stress hormones in your muscles and in your fat. So that is why it can be really difficult to lose weight if you're overweight because you'll start to release those chemicals into your body and it makes you feel like crap. Because you're like feeling stressed for no reason or feeling angry or something and you're not quite sure why. And it can literally be because when you were angry, you stored it into your fat. Now you're losing the fat. Your body's processing that and it can make you feel bad. Um, it's a bit of a horrible catch-22 to try to lose weight. You know, it makes you feel worse and then you want to eat. <laughs> I've never heard of that yeah. before, but that doesn't mm -hmm. that, that's, uh, that's got a basis in science, is it? That, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Because yeah. that could sound I mean, like something that someone makes up on a yoga sort of No, trip. I would be, I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if that was debunked at some point in time. That is definitely factual science there okay. um, from doctors. Uh I've not heard You're anyone not say doctor, that. But... I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. But, you know, that is a yeah, thing. Just remind um, everyone that. <laughs> yeah. She's, I okay. didn't say it. She said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is where it all comes out. It's all yeah. crap. I'm all wrong. Everything I thought was right. <laughs> Any doctors, it's at Kane and McCormack Yoga. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, though, I'll be the bigger person. If I yeah, am 100% yeah. wrong with all of this, please do tell me because I don't want to be wrong for the rest of my life. <laughs> Okay, so back to the thing. We've talked about your fight or flight. We've talked about how 
important it is for the body, especially in serious situations, to put all that energy. So, so those chemicals go to your muscles and the limbs so that you can run faster and do things. You know, people say about having an adrenaline rush, you know, it is a thing, you know. I mean, the opposite to your fight or flight is your rest and digest. That's what we tend to call it, but it's your parasympathetic nervous system. And your parasympathetic nervous system, as the name implies, governs resting and digesting. It also governs other things like sleep cycles and stuff like that. So it's rep- repairing sort of yes, stuff, isn't it? Yes, repairing, like? healing. Healing is governed by your parasympathetic nervous system. And so you won't tend to heal properly if you don't rest properly and things like that. So what you were saying about it being quite bad for you not to have that rest is yes it's, it's really important to make sure that you rest the catch is that these days yeah you know, we don't have that living that living room experience where there's a lion you know you come downstairs there's a lion in your living room and then that's it it's gone that's and just, there's no that's more worries. western privilege that is isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah western privilege we don't have that lion in our living room but like we have other issues you go for an interview it's uncomfortable it's stressful it makes you anxious these are natural things. Hopefully, at the end of the interview, it goes, and that's that. If you have a situation where you feel continuously stressed, whether that's whatever word you want to use for stress, anxious, scared, whatever, if you feel that way continuously because maybe your job is high pressure and you're not getting enough time away or whatever it is, um, or maybe it's something else, maybe something unrelated, like um, maybe you feel pressure of society to, you know, have the perfect family or the perfect house or whatever, you know, some weird, some something like that, you know, something outside. If you're constantly stressed, it's quite normal or quite common, I should say, to feel this chronic stress and not even know that you're feeling it. So you get to the point where, what do they say, the, the fish in the water doesn't know the temperature? Like the boiling frog thing. I'm not sure about the boiling frog. Uh, I'm just talking about a na- happy fish in a happy water. Right. <laughs> no, it's the, there's an analogy, isn't there? The, the frog in a, in a pan, isn't it? Mm. And if you turn the temperature up slowly, the frog doesn't know it's slowly being cooked. Right. Oh. That's pretty horrible. Is that not because it's yeah, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not, I'm not like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear. No, because um, it doesn't know the temperature because yeah. it goes up slowly, so it doesn't realize that it's... Yes. And then that's... And it, and that is very good analogy. I, would, I, I, I wouldn't say that in the middle of a class because that kind of makes me feel like you're cooking frogs, but yeah. assuming... <laughs> But yes, that's the exact same idea that, that, you know, you gradually get more and more stressed or more and more things pile on in your life. And before you know it, you have this constant level of stress and we can call that chronic stress, that kind of thing. It can cause problems. Obviously, the obvious ones are like sleeping and headaches and, and, and problems like that. Then it can go quite bad. You can get depression. You can get issues with your liver. You can get, you know, just like proper full on health issues that seemingly might not be caused from stress, but are if you have them for this extended period of time. And you, and like I was saying, you might not even know you're stressed because it's been so it's been so gradual or so slow. You know, it's not like something major happened and then that say you're stressed and you're having a hard time letting go. It, it usually creeps up on you. But the point is, is that you can. What is it? Uh, change can be brought by willful, sustained action. There you go. That's what I wrote down. (laughs) So this idea that if you continuously meditate, 
or practice a resting yoga, so yin or restorative or something like that. Even to some extent, any yoga, though I would steer clear of things like Ashtanga, Bikram, hot yoga, and Vinyasa. It's not going to be very relaxing. <laughs> not unless that two minutes at the end when we're having Shavasana. But I would say, like for the most part, it's not. But you know, if you can, if you can find a way to bring that into your life, like it can be very relaxing. And I know people do things like, oh, you know, I like to read a book, or I like to go, you know, soak in the bath, or something like that. But I would say that you want to do something, if you can, or build up to the idea of doing something where you're not being stimulated. So like literally lying flat, or not necessarily flat, but lying supported, completely relaxed, and just breathe, you know, just allow yourself to try to relax. And this, we call this conscious relaxation. So making the choice to relax. So like what we do at the end of maybe a more normal classes where I'll go through the body and relax every muscle part or what you might do in a yoga nidra where you kind of bring in the mind into a, a more relaxed state. And then once you've done it once and you've managed to relax completely, you'll know what level you're at and you'll know more you'll have an idea of how much you need to do that to manage the stress in your life and how often you need to try to relax. And, you know, if there's any other techniques, like just mindfulness can sometimes help, you know, noticing the weather, what's going on, trying not to rush through life, you know, trying not to grab a banana on your, on your way out or something rather than having a meal or, or whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that basically covers it. But I will say this. In yoga in general, so I would say like try to go for relaxing classes, but for the most part, any yoga class is going to help you build that connection between your mind and your body, specifically on a neuro neurological level, not just like, oh my, I, f I feel more connected, like it will actually make you more connected to your body. And once you have that connection, you are more likely to notice when you are stressed. So any yoga class can help you start to identify that stress and that connection. And then you can, you know, build your resilience. You can learn uh, techniques to help you understand why you feel that way. And if you need to take some action and sometimes that's full on, I need to, I need to relax and lie down. And sometimes that's just like, I need a breath. Give me a minute. And, and you can decide for yourself. I think that sort of happened to me, but I'm not hundred percent sure now. I mean, I'm in it for the, hard classes aren't they <laughs> yeah Generally. yeah because of having a sedentary lifestyle i like to like like make sure that everything's moved and stuff mm -hmm. and so i'm not 100 sure whether i i must have more connection to like if i notice something's up i must i probably do know more i don't know mm. but i did used to be a lot more tense and anxious before mm. doing it and I'm sure that that would have, I don't know whether it got stored in parts of the body or, or something like that, but I used to always be very sort of hunched forward in particularly my this my left sort of chest mm. or area. And it used to be, I don't know, I think I used to have a lot of tension there from somewhere. Or other, but that's, that's just fine now. I don't know if that's stress-related or... There is a connection to posture and your how you feel. Uh, you're more likely to round through the back and uh, collapse through the chest, so bring the shoulders together if you're feeling uh, specifically anxious or afraid because that is like a natural a way to protect yourself, you know. That's a, a way that people that are more dominant individuals will like, so, sort of see that and 
you know, it's like a that's it's subservient. way of targeting. Yeah, it's like because that's yeah. a subservient way of being, you know, like hunched mm-hmm. over and like it's an afraid thing, and and people mm-hmm. that are like strut their chest out and they're like Mick Jagger or something, like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, like walk along. That's like a dominant pose, isn't it? I'm sure chimpanzees probably are very much. Like, yeah. Oh God, chimps! Like Don't get me started on them. I watched a chimp documentary. It was horrible. They are absolutely <laughs> brutal. Chimps, oh, I hated they? it. I hated it. It was awful. I watched it. I could not. But oh my God. <laughs> That's one thing to remember, though, but is yes. that we are we are chimps to a large degree, aren't we? I'm really? not a chimp. We are. You can be a chimp. Common ancestor. No. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, in in general, posture and stuff does is related to to how you feel. But then we will like learn a... a lot about humans from looking at chimps and the behaviors yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and for yeah. better or worse, it's not they're not all positive behaviors, but it's not. No. We can't kid ourselves to think that we're full of you know like we're not i heard a quote i yeah. know where it's from it's probably some problematic podcast i was listening to but it was the quote was we're not fallen angels we're risen chimps in the fall <laughs> I, I quite like that because i quite like because that. people That's have good. the attitude that oh like we were sort of were perfect like in the old like christian made in god's image we were perfect and we then we fucked up because we ate an apple or something but mm-hmm. it's actually we're actually just like the opposite with animals that became more conscious of morality, I suppose. But yeah, so with posture, that's another way you can... So so there are breathing techniques to trick your mind. So um, one thing that I probably should mention about stress is one of the main connections between your consciousness, so your choice of how you feel, and your parasympathetic nervous system. So we know that's your rest and digest system. You don't choose to digest your food. You don't have to think about that. You don't have to think digest, digest. You know, it just happens. <laughs> but one of the ways, that, like I, we, I think people tend to call it the bridge, the bridge between your conscious choice and your parasympathetic nervous system and kind of activating that is your breath. Which is why when you were a kid, they always say like, oh, I'll take a deep breath if you feel angry and stuff like that. Is because it does actually help. And a really easy one to do is just inhaling a nice, long, slow breath, take a little pause, and then exhale a longer, slower breath out. And just keep doing that for like three minutes. And it will, it will make such a big difference to how you feel. And that is because that is that choice. That is that is that connection between that is how you can make a difference. That's what makes you not a chimp. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is you can okay. choose how you want to breathe. <laughs> and in a similar vein, how you stand can make you feel different as well. When we collapse in on ourselves and that sense of fear or anxiety or something, we make the lung capacity small. We can't take deep breaths. So to be able to take a long, deep breath, you must stand up straight. You must put the shoulders back and you must lengthen through the spine. So having a nice open chest or, you know, a very um, neutral straight spine can also make you feel better just because you might be subconsciously taking deeper breaths as well. And, and obviously things are flowing easier. You know, the more you round, the more you bend joints, the more into a little ball you make yourself, the less likely, you know, the blood is flowing smoothly. You know, when you're straight and stood up, you know, there's no, there's nothing, in, you know, there's no corners or creases and I don't know. I'm kind of oversimplifying that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You're not a doctor. So. I'm not a doctor. I give <laughs> <Yeah>. up. Yeah. <laughs> don't quote me on any of this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no. And also, I know, so it's like, you know, 
you have to obviously tackle some things that sort of like if it's work that's stressing you out you have to just not do so much work or something well i think like a lot of the time it can be mindset more than especially in in like i would say in the west like i i feel like to some extent there's a chance that it's not life or death at your work it's very unlikely unless you're a doctor obviously but um assuming you're not actually working in a situation where it is life and death assuming it's just more normal kind of work you have to think to yourself like those kind of questions like in five years is this going to still be bothering me or you know when i'm on my deathbed am i going to look back and think oh god i wish i was you know what did that guy say well i wish i, I wish i used to work more yeah who's that <laughs> yeah, that no. is someone that said that yeah same, someone said that recently yeah. i saw it on tv and i can't remember who it was yeah. so i do apologize <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, oh, if you're on your deathbed, are you going to look back and think, oh, I wish I was at work more? No, you're not. Not no. normally. <laughs> but there's just, uh, especially now, like, I don't know, over working from home, it's probably made it even worse. Like, people feel, oblig- feel like there is that, like, oh, I'm always contactable and I'm always, mm-hmm. like, so mm-hmm. you don't clock off from Maybe work. making boundaries more clear for yourself, even if you don't communicate that to other people, you could make those boundaries for yourself. Like, like I have to try and set some boundaries for myself. Because obviously I can be continuously contacted and I run my own business. So I have to make that decision. Like if I get emailed at 10.30 at night, I have to make sure that I don't reply. (laughs) I have to not read it. Or if I do read it, if it's a short email or whatever, then I have to make the decision that I'm not going to reply at 10 o'clock at night to my work emails. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard when, when you when you know you're running your own business or people want to book things with you or whatever. Yeah, I get like, that. I get, you know, if you get, yeah. if I get a booking email like a, a stupid time, I feel like, mm. well, I best reply because if someone, yeah. someone else might get there. And, uh, exactly. Know, not, yeah, exactly. So. Or what if I don't reply and someone else takes it instead or something like that? Some offices... Don't, don't they have to get that mindset where it'd be like you wouldn't want to be the first person to leave after five o'clock even though you're not getting paid after five o'clock but you want to be seen to be the one that's still working i always used to just be like well i used to leave early but <laughs> like if i could but yeah. some workplaces have that when well, i used to work for the nhs and not in a clinical way mm. but there'd be people often working past their hours and they would say oh yeah it's because things have to get done but i sort of think no you could have just you could have still like you know it's just a matter of prioritizing to me sometimes like i do think like um there are exceptions when you're working from home uh, especially it's easy to have like a long break in the middle of the day around your lunchtime or something like that. And then if you feel like, ooh, I'll just make that up a little bit, you know, maybe I had an hour and a half instead of an hour and I'll work an extra half hour-ish today and, and kind of, you know, even things out. Like that is that is flexible working. Most offices don't mind that kind of thing. And I think that can be quite healthy because that means you're taking the rest or the time to have a break from something when you want it, not when they think you should have it or something. So if you're taking a break in the middle of the day because it's sunny and you're going to go for a walk after your lunch, then hey, good on you. As long as that's all right and you're out in a meeting or something, yeah. <laughs> go for it, you know, and then make it up later in the evening if you feel obligated to do that. If you're not a surgeon, it isn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Please don't leave the surgery because you fancy it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like assuming all like more office kind of vibes yeah. and stuff, like I think, that's, I think that's really good. I think that's fine. But it's also really easy to overwork then as well, mm. definitely. And then you have the idea that like if you you should work more, you should work in for free. That has always bothered me. If you get a salary and you're expected to do a certain amount of work, not in hours, actual work, 
Like that is like mm, okay, maybe that's that's so vague that who's to say? You <laughs> that know? sounds like but a sweatshop if, mentality. I know exactly. Get, get two hundred of these cardigans made, and then you can go home. Yeah, like, or if you're commission yeah. or something, you know, it's a bit like yeah, God, okay, that's, yeah, but that's yeah. a contractual uh, exactly. basis, isn't it? It's not the same. Yeah, is it? so. but I feel like if you're if you're if you're expected to work thirty-seven and a half hours, work thirty-seven and a half hours. The only person you are you you are hurting when you work more than the hours you are contracted to work is yourself and everyone else, because you are setting a precedent for everyone else. People mm-hmm. that can't work, people that are stressed, people who don't want to do it, they feel like they have to do it because you, even though maybe you're not bothered, but everyone else then has to do it. So it's. It's not really, I don't know, I've always had this thing like, no, don't work over. Don't work for free. It's very bad. Especially if you work in stores. Stores pay you opening hours and you're there before and after the store closes. Mm. No, don't do it. If the store closes at five, you leave at five. You lock the door and you walk out. Oh, but there's still people in the store. Well, tough shit. They should pay you <laughs> after five then, shouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, that is my opinion. I know it's probably a bit, I don't know, controversial. It's all well and good for two self-employed people that don't have bosses telling people <laughs> that do have bosses what to do You have to stand up. This but... is why we have unions. You have to stand up for yourself. If you're doing yeah. work where you're not getting paid, you must put your foot down. And if you get fired, make, keep going back and tell everyone else to do the same until they fire everyone. Mm. This is just taking advantage of people who are desperate for a wage. <laughs> it's it's illegal. It is illegal, and people can we are worried that they'll get fired if they complain about working that extra yeah, fifteen yeah, yeah, minutes yeah, every day because they'll be like, oh well, I, can't, I have to work this extra fifteen minutes, or they might fire me. And it's like it's illegal. It's illegal yeah. for them to ask you to do that, so you shouldn't. But they get away with it. Yeah, because it's a it's like social pressure, isn't it? That's the mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, so, okay, so that's, um, just wondering if there's anything else you can do to just relieve stress that isn't, like, go to your classes or something. <laughs> but, but Yeah, I would say just breathe. Look at, pay attention to your posture. I mean, the, the, the common things that you'll look up instantly is, like, find time to spend time in nature. And I, w- I would definitely say spend time in nature. Go, I mean, everybody loves the smell of cut grass, right? You know, it's because it's, there's a real connection there. Go spend time in nature. Find a big tree. Go have a sniff. <laughs> smell grass. Whatever it is you want to do. But, like, that does make a difference as well. Yeah, unfortunately, at the moment, you can't go anywhere without loads of, loads of, loads of people there, aren't they? Because no one can travel abroad at the moment. So everywhere, <laughs> so nature is just filled with people <laughs> isn't it like oh god oh, go out at night nobody's nightmare. out at night i go out at night these days i feel like some sort of weird like an, a dusk animal they have a name what are they called animals that come out in dusk and dawn hedgehogs <laughs> no you're not hedgehogs. i mean all animals that come out at dusk right. and dawn <laughs> nocturnal oh. no nocturnal is night diurnal is day and then there's another name for animals that come out only at dusk and dawn like deer and stuff and hedgehogs there's an actual name for that type of animal, yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. If you look it up, I'm sure Google will tell you. So what do they do? <laughs> do they go at dusk? Do they, do they sleep twice in the day then? Uh, uh, they rest they... during the middle of the day. Yeah, I don't know if they actually sleep. But yeah, they rest during the middle of the day and they sleep at night. Yeah. Right, and they're up early and they sleep during the day yeah. a bit. And then, they... mm-hmm. and then they're up late in, into the night a bit. Yeah. All right. Sure, they're not old people. Right. Old people. <laughs> Old people, that's an old people's home, isn't it? Get up at like five and then <laughs> nap in the day and they're up again later because they need a piss. <laughs> need to exercise their pelvic floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Right, you should probably go, should you? I do need to go. Yeah. I need to charge my things and set up for yoga. Okay, so. well, thank you. So, I'll just, should we stop? And then yes, I'll... I will stop this. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Maybe you found it very helpful. Uh, but I hope you was, hope you was entertained. So to Ali G there. Um, if you'd like to come back, then listen to another one uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Then there will be an episode in a couple of weeks, and you'll get to find out why I think dinosaurs and birds would not get along. If you enjoy the show, you can tell friends, you can share the posts, you, and you can give us ratings and reviews and all those kinds of things, if, if you so wish. Or if you just want to follow us on the internet, if you don't already, we're both on Instagram and Twitter, which is Twitter's rubbish, as I've said before. No one shares my jokes enough on there. Our handles are in the show notes, I think, or you just search our names and you'll you'll find us. And hopefully uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Have a lovely interim period. Goodbye.